0: Welcome to this edition of Bravehearts,
1: where we hope to increase your awareness and understanding of what homelessness looks like, and some of the many organizations working on solutions to improve the homeless crisis.
0: We are your hosts, William Wallace
1: and Betty Louise,
0: and these are the Bravehearts. The
1: following excerpt is from Julie Lang who has been a mental health professional here in Nevada County for over 20 years. And she has her own experience working with the homeless population. What exactly is your role at the jail?
0: Uh, My role at the jail is to provide mental health services for anybody that needs them for any reason. If somebody comes in and has a mental health history or has been through any trauma, or shows any type of behavior that looks like they may need a help of a mental health professional or at request of anybody. So I'll see anybody and everybody that needs it at the jail. Aha, uh-huh. Okay. Could you just give us a description of your work in the mental health field? I have kind of a varied background, but I've served in the Nevada County area for about 20 years. I did quite a few years at Nevada County Behavioral Health. I worked in their day treatment program as an intern, and I worked for their county crisis team for many years. I have a shared practice with some other practitioners right downtown Grass Valley, and I've had that office open since 1999. I also did a little bit of work at Lovett Recovery doing dual diagnosis patients that were mentally ill and also substance abusing. So, And I pretty much serve the general population in our area. In my private office, I do take insurance, and I have a sliding scale. Sometimes I've seen people from all different levels of life. Yeah. So what has been your exposure
1: to working with the homeless population?
0: I would say that my exposure started when I worked in day treatment at County Mental Health many years ago in the late 90s for the crisis team. Often there were mentally ill people that were homeless and camping, some of them veterans. They would use substances or just become very depressed or exhibit odd behaviors, so they would be called in for evaluations. I would see quite a few people through those venues. And what is your general assessment of the mental health of our homeless population? I would say that most of the homeless people have some sort of, at least the stress of survival, which can drive anybody uh, to depression and anxiety. Often there's a lot of substance abuse, and substance abuse is, or use, is for varied reasons. A lot of people use substances to ease the pain of homelessness, and it's also a social commodity, a way to join with other people. You've been involved with the homeless community for many, many years. What are the changes or the shifts that you've seen, if any? (laughs) I think I'll start it out with anybody could become homeless. Mm -hmm. And so the homeless are everybody. There are a lot of homeless people that have severe mental illness. And for many years, there haven't been a lot of services available for these people. A lot of them have been schizophrenic or have a severe bipolar disorder uh, some are developmentally delayed on top of it and our resources haven't really been set up to take care of everybody some of the homeless have had a lot of mistrust with services as well and they're so used to being judged that they're not quick to want to talk to anybody so there's severely mentally ill people out there there are developmentally delayed people out there And then there's people out there that are homeless that even recently were working and either were laid off by their companies or they had a serious back injury or something that kept them from going back to work. And little by little, banks foreclosed on their home. They were unable to get a job. They were unable to look good in an interview anymore and lost faith. And most recently, even in my private practice, I think of a woman who was working for IBM and was laid off. And she did go through some job training, but she had to leave the home that she'd been in for many years and rented a room. And it turned out this room was with unstable people, so she was frightened and then started staying in her car. And her story goes down from there. She's still unemployed. She's now effectively homeless And, you know, even though she has skills, she can't even look right to get Mm -hmm. an interview. And her resume is already getting stale. She lost her insurance. I saw her up till when it ran out. And then I did a sliding scale for a while. And then slowly she's just fallen off the map. And I've seen a lot of people go through things like that. I just interviewed a, a man at the jail who had seven kids. He had a house in like Lake Wildwood. He ended up breaking his back and losing his job. And then over time, he lost his wife and went through a divorce and then has had multiple injuries doing strange odd jobs, like a big truck or something fell on his face. He lost his teeth. He feels like he's really self-conscious because people look at him and judge him and automatically think, oh, he's a methamphetamine addict. Mm. which is also a judgment methamphetamine addicted people are also human and have their story as well what do you do for these people like how do you
1: support these folks that is just and we've talked with a few too it's just one thing after another that leads them into these horrible
0: situations that's a good question the biggest thing that i do i think is listen and i have them tell me their story and I listen as deeply as possible and help them be seen and feel a relatedness, like somebody is caring to find out who they are and have the experience, if possible, to not have a sense of being judged for it. Many of these people are very ashamed, and they're wearing a badge of shame because they look different from other people. They're not clean. They can't get the right clothes. They are not accessing dental services, and they feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. And so they feel people are going to look down on them, and they're automatically defensive and often not trusting. If they go in for medical treatment, often they're accused of drug seeking. Mm -hmm. Some have addiction problems, some do not. You just can't label them. They're as
1: different as... Any other unique human being. How would you advise people that encounter mentally unstable homeless people and are afraid?
0: I would tell them just to note their fear, but to take a breath and to do their best to treat those people as if they were a family member, meaning with respect and a calm voice. I think that. The biggest thing is not acting abruptly, being polite and kind, just showing a little kindness. It's simple, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is very simple. Um, just our humanness and connecting is is not that difficult, but our judgments are what keep us separate, and our judgments are usually what causes fear. You know, I'm reflecting when you asked, like, what changes have I seen? I think one thing I've seen is there's a bigger group of young homeless. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think back to the hobos back in the Great Depression. But we have a huge percentage of young people on the streets, often substance using. Not always is that how they got there, but they often end up using substances. But there's a huge amount of young homeless people. And I think that's very disturbing. They don't have a sense of a place to call home. They don't have a sense of hope for a future. And a lot of them are repeatedly getting in jail. I think of a young man who was in jail for stealing cake. He was behind Rayleigh's and he stole cake to eat. And he was very distraught. He, He did want to kill himself because he was just so sick of being miserable and cold. And he didn't know how to go up from there. And he had grown up in a a small trailer out in North San Juan in a very poverty-stricken area. He talked about not, you know, having shoes that fit to go to school and wearing the same clothes. And so the family didn't have resources, and he grew up with very little and then was on his own as a very young teenager. And I think he was maybe 19 and just really desperate to... Find a different way, but feeling very hopeless about it. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is this segment has opened your heart and mind. Be well and be kind.
1: This project was made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Please visit calhum.org.